With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. So you went into a depression of sorts. Oh, for sure. It was a deep depression. It was bad. I had spent a year at home. I didn't, I, I let go of my job, use my entire savings, just live off of, grew my hair out, grew my face out, look bad. And in that time, I allowed myself to feel. And what I felt was like I lost my family. Up to one in four known pregnancies may end in miscarriage. Now, for many of us, this stat is old news. But as we continue to have this conversation aloud after generations of keeping this pain private, what I do think is new is considering how the father feels about the loss. Now, this seems like a no-brainer, but speaking from personal experience, it often hasn't occurred to me to ask. And that's what we're talking about with special guest Mike Johnson on this episode of... Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm gonna take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend I say... A miscarriage is the most common type of pregnancy loss. Miscarriages happen before the 20th week, and they can happen if the fetus isn't developing normally, or if there's an issue with the placenta, or because of an infection, of course, for other reasons. I say this because I want to note that in many cases, these problems have little to do with the parent's ability to carry a baby full term. Creating a life is just a very delicate process, and things don't always go according to plan. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to adjust your family planning. Now, I've never had a miscarriage before, but with my firstborn, the one that I prayed for and worked intentionally for, I had the symptoms in my first six weeks, spotting, tissue expulsion, and extreme back pain. It was such an indescribable feeling to go through this, to go through this uncertainty, but I am so glad that I didn't go through it alone. I'm a part of the new school where I don't believe in keeping a pregnancy secret until the second trimester the time where chances of miscarriage decrease to less than 5% because I don't believe in suffering in silence or in the unthinkable case, grieving alone. But again, that was what was right for me. And I love that we are now in a time period where women know that they got options if and how they share their despair. Plus, we have an awareness of the support that's available to us. Plus, plus, we are now in a time period where more people in general are informed about miscarriages. So if we are going through it, people can show up for us in more meaningful ways. So in an upcoming episode of Lovers and Friends that I just shot with Deja Riley, it was just like, honest to goodness, guys, I cannot wait to share this with you. It was so impactful for me. And I know it's going to be life-changing for many of you, especially those who can relate. But one thing in particular that I want to share right now is this really heartbreaking story that she shared that to me was equally as heartwarming. I called her into the bathroom and I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. Like I thought I was getting my cycle, but like this tissue is passing through me and I like had it on like the toilet paper and she, thank God for just like your best girlfriends because she went and like got gloves and like picked it up and she's like looking at like the tissue and she was like fully immersed in the experience with me. So like 
though it was traumatic for me, I just felt like I was in such a safe space and I felt so held. That conversation was so emotional and life-changing for me and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. But here's what I'm trying to get to to set us up for this conversation, this episode. We are getting a lot better at showing up and listening to the mothers who have gone through miscarriages and it's making a difference. But what about the other 50% of people who've also experienced a loss? According to a study conducted by the School of Sciences, fathers displayed less active grief than their female partners, but they were more vulnerable to feelings of despair and difficulty in coping eight weeks following the loss. The National Library of Medicine found that of 40 men who they surveyed and followed, whose partner had a miscarriage, 59% said that they had a deep awareness of the fragility of life. 45% mourned the loss of their family's hopes and dreams. 40% reported a strong sense of vulnerability and powerlessness to help their partner. And half did not share these feelings with their partner at all. Now, these are numbers that I believe our starring guests can bring a face to. And this is a face that you might recognize. So Mike Johnson has already been a guest on Lovers and Friends in one of our biggest episodes, actually, Tall, Dark, Handsome, and Sexually Insecure. So... Does it take two and a half months to get a consistent erection or two and a half months until you even feel comfortable engaging in sexual intercourse? No, I would say two and a half months for consistency. Uh, consistency like I, like I know I can be. Mm. It's embarrassing. It's frustrating. It's humiliating. It only happens when I really care about the woman, so that's the crazy thing. Like if it's just, if I'm in Vegas and I had a one night stand, I'm Superman. All right, so if you are watching right now, you probably noticed that these two episodes were shot on the same day, a few months ago when I was pregnant. So Mike doesn't live in LA and he came here to talk on this podcast and we were brainstorming ideas and he suggested these really powerful topics, experiences and stories. And I asked if he'd be comfortable doing both on the same day. And that is what you're about to listen to, the second part of our conversation. Mike Johnson is an Air Force veteran best known for being on ABC's The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. He is an author of the book, Making the Love You Want, and a certified sex coach, soon to be sexologist. He is also the founder of a sexual wellness brand, Feeling Seen, a platform dedicated to all things sexual liberation and exploration. So in this episode, we have three sponsors who made it possible for us to be here today. So I wanna get to the first one, and then we're gonna get to Mike. Hi again, still me. This episode is sponsored by Hungry Roots. So this week, I proudly posted a thirst trap and a lot of you hit me up and were like, girl, what is your fitness routine? And the truth is, the fitness thing isn't really the difference maker in my life because of how infrequently I can make time to work out. But what I am very strict on is the food choices that I make every single day. And that is possible because I use meal delivery services. And if you are on the hunt for one and you, or you've never even considered how one can transform your life in so many different areas, I want to tell you about Hungry Root. Hungry Root provides you with groceries that transform into easy recipes. So take a quiz, a short quiz at that, and Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, how you like to eat, and other important details like what kitchen appliances do you have and use in order to start building your grocery cart. Also, with Hungry Root Standard, it's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. You know there's no bad choices. Right now, Hungry Root is offering listeners of Lovers and Friends 30% off your first delivery and free veggie gift, a free veggie gift for life of your subscription. All you have to do is go to HungryRoot.com lovers to get 30% off your first delivery 
and to get your free veggie gift. That one more time, because I want to make sure that you go to this link so they know who sent you. Hungryroot.com slash lovers. And I actually don't know if I've ever had an enhanced dialogue with a man who has had a partner go through miscarriage and what that did for them, you know, what, how that impacted them. So I'm really curious to know why this topic was something that you felt connected to. Yeah, I felt connected to this because the only person I ever loved in my life, we, the relationship ended because of a miscarriage. The young lady that I had a miscarriage with was my first love and we met in England and we dated for like three and a half months and then I had, I was in the military and I was going back to America. We were in love. I thought this was the love of my life. I thought this was the person I'm supposed to be with. I, I mean, I was, we talked about marriage, all the, the, it just we did everything, right? And we did not anticipate to have a child. She was actually told by a doctor that she can't get pregnant. And she told me that she didn't even want children. And so she was on birth control, she couldn't have kids and she didn't want kids until she said, Mike, I would love to have children with you just because of how I am. And we got pregnant. And so at first it was- So it must've felt like destiny. Yes. Absolutely, because she has been told her entire life she can't have it. And it was it was a wonderful feeling. And how old were you at the time that the pregnancy happened? Twenty-seven. So at that time, were you open to the idea? She's the only woman I've ever been open to the idea. <laughs> well, she's the only person you ever loved deep too, so correct. Correct. She, yeah. And she's yeah. I was wanting to have I wanted us to have a child. We got pregnant, I was like, fuck it, let's do it. She was a quiet person in terms of like expressing feelings always. And I remember when we went to the doctor and we we heard the news that we had admit that we lost our child. It, you know, I remember, and I'm not gonna go too much in detail, I remember being in the bathroom and the smell in her face. And she was on the toilet. And she was completely distraught. And my like my feelings were completely non-existent. I just wanted to be there for her, care for her. And I, that's what I did. I just wanted to be there for her. I, I didn't even really think about how I felt at that very moment. And I really didn't get to, until, we, until our relationship ended, I didn't really allow myself to feel how that made me feel. And it's almost like, I'll say it like this, in terms of, um, when someone gets, uh, let's say their arm removed, because they have to for their health reasons, and then they have, uh, what is it called? Phantom, phantom arm, I believe. Yes. Phantom arm in that situation, to where the doctors can't do nothing about it. It's just strictly in your brain. Like, you know your arm's not there, but you still feel it. And it's like when you lose someone. Only when you lose someone that's no longer with, with us on earth. Like, you know they're not there, but you still, see them, talk to them, have conversations with them. And that's what it was like for me when I had, when we had a miscarriage. And so I remember when, after we broke up, it was, uh, we would still talk. And she said, our child will be one years old today. I never told her that. And I was just, again, consoling her in that moment. But I think about those things from time to time. So you went into a depression of sorts. Oh, for sure. It was a deep depression. It was bad. It was like, Thankfully, I had money in the bank to like sustain life. <laughs> it, 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 it was really bad. When we did break up, 
I had spent a year at home. I didn't. I, I let go of my job, use my entire savings, just live off of, grew my hair out, grew my face out, look bad. And in that time, I allowed myself to feel. And what I felt was like I lost my family as if my child was already here. I felt like I lost my child and I felt like I lost my future wife. And so that was really hard to go through and overcome what I did via, uh, in a terrible way, I'll mind you. Like now the me today is I'm really good on self-love and knowing how to do self-care. But at the time it was pure isolation. Like thankfully I'm not like into being into drugs like that or like alcohol like that, but it was pure isolation. I mean, I let go of my job. I would only go out for like to check the mail. I would order food, order Domino's, I gained like 30 pounds. It was bad. Um, but I mean, I went, when I went back into the workforce, I ran outside and threw up because I hyperventilated because I hadn't been around people in so long. Do you feel like because when the breakup happened, that was the first time that you allowed yourself to feel a loss of your unborn child? And then also you had to deal with the loss of your life partner. Yes, both, both at once. Cause while we're together, it was just, you know, be there for her, do what I need to do. And I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means at a stretch, right? It was, it was ugly. She'll tell you if she was here right now, there'll be times where she would try and I wasn't trying or I would try and she wasn't trying. It was like that, it was tug of war. It wasn't no, well, let's try together at the same time type yeah. of thing, which is what you need to do, right? Um, and so not saying I'm perfect, by any means. Well, I can equate that to actually, interestingly, I'm pregnant again with my second. Pardon the interruption, but I'm here to tell you about the sponsor of this episode, Intimissimi. Now, when one thinks of Italy, they can't help but think of the fashion, the culture, the food, the storied history, and of course, the shopping. There is a new Italian lingerie brand who recently partnered with Jennifer Lopez, yes, our girl from the block, that has made gorgeous fabrics, colorful silks, and delicate lace. But the name can be a little challenging to pronounce. Inter, intermissy, intermississippi, I, <laughs> no, it is Intimissimi, the art of Italian lingerie. To see their beautiful and incredibly affordable line, go to intimissimi.com slash JLo. Again, that is intimissimi.com slash JLo. I'm pregnant again with my second. And the first child that we had was really hyper-planned, the one who exists on this planet right now. And we had trouble conceiving for six months. And so we had to like really be very intentional about having her. And then as a result... I had a bad pregnancy last time, but because there was so much intentionality behind it, it just shifted the experience a lot because I'm like, this is what I asked for. This time around, this baby is not planned and I'm also not having a positive experience with pregnancy. And so I've been going through a lot of emotions and I remember midway through the pregnancy or so, I had said to Jared, I'm like, do you not feel anything? Like, mm. you know, like you're always just the, Steady one, how do you feel? Like, are you not like questioning? Like, I feel like I'm the only person who's mm -hmm. struggling or going through these like complex emotions. And he's like, well, because you're in such bad shape, I feel like I have to be the one who's the exactly, pillar. Exactly, exactly. I love that you said it. I love Jared, shout out to Jared for that. That's that's how it is. You know, if you, I would think that's how it is for most people that is in a you know 
two partner relationship, the other person is going to want to try to just console you and be there for you in that moment. And so, but then it makes the other person who's going through this feel like it does. I'm going through this alone. It does. But in a different but then way. But there's, there's, then there's a flip side of if I'm over here spilling my emotions, because that make could that make you the person that's physically going through it feel like, well, look, bitch, I'm the one that's going through it. I don't think so. I think it makes you feel, I mean, it's diff obviously different case by case, but I know for me in that moment, the way that I felt was like, damn, am I a terrible person? Or are you not as connected as me? Or do you not care as much? Because it seems like it's not impacting you at all. Mm -hmm. Like you're able to be here for me almost like an impartial third party would. And that's what I was. When I said I was a perfect boyfriend, that's exactly what happened. I was the impartial third person. I was just trying to console and be there for her. And I see that. I, I completely see your side of it. At the time, I didn't know how to think like that. I just wanted to be strong, be there, and not add stress. Because I think about the difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is looking at someone and saying, that sucks to be you. And empathy is crawling inside of that person's experience and saying, it sucks that I'm experiencing this with you. Correct. That's so I think that, that that's the key difference. But nobody is given this training. Mm -hmm. No one talks about it. Very mm -hmm. few men share their experience with it. So I don't know why it would have occurred to you to do anything other than what you exactly did. I like what you said, though, uh, between sympathy and empathy. And empathy is what is how we should present. Don't fake anything. Be authentic to yourself and be real. But empathy is what we should discuss and talk about. But it's also hard when you want to convey your feelings, your emotions, how you feel about something, but it takes two to have that. I'll just say it like that. What do you need? What would that, what does that mean? So for you, you came to Jared and said, bro, how you feel about this? What's going yes. on? Yes. So you feel like that opportunity wasn't given to you? Well, sometimes you got to seize the moment and, but then other times you got to like, let it be known. But if it not, you said it's a case by case basis, not everyone, let's say for your example, when it comes to pregnancy, not every woman is going to, may not want to hear what the F he got to say. Mm. And so in that case, become that third party, that third party person and just try to alleviate stress as best as possible. But then I think also to what sacrifice does that leave you with, mm -hmm. right? Because that was a huge sacrifice and it disallowed you from going through the grieving process one with a partner who was available to you and going through the same time, because then when you went to the grieving process, you had nobody, you were isolated. And two, when you did go through the grieving process, it might actually have been difficult to really pinpoint how and what you felt because so much time had passed. I was isolated because I chose to isolate myself. Like I could have sought help. I could have spoke out, reached out to the homies, my sister, my mom, none of that. Like I chose to isolate myself, but I get what you're saying completely. I just want to make that distinction that was a wrong choice. Shouldn't have done it. I, I want to make that distinction because so many people are isolating themselves, but there's people out there that want to help you. Mm. I want them to know that, like, first and foremost. When people who can have kids, when women um, go through miscarriages, mm -hmm. there's an understanding that there is a fear of pregnancy going forward. Yes. And for... My ex and I, I feel that it was a fear of having sex because you can get pregnant and then you can have a miscarriage again. And so that fear is definitely there, not for everybody, for but for some people. 
And that just has to be conveyed to your partner because a lot of times we're just dumbass men. You don't know what's going on between your head. And so you have to convey that. You gotta let us know. Like if we're doing the things that we're that we think are right, which is just trying to be there for you, alleviate stress as possible, let us know. I'm scared to get pregnant again. I'm scared to just have sex with you again. I'm scared to get turned on because then we may have sex and we may get pregnant and then this may happen again. You know, and so my advice would be just, you really have to communicate these things. People are not mind readers. So years later now, because that happened some time ago, mm -hmm. how has it impacted you since then? That's a hard question for me. How that has changed me. I just know that feelings and emotions are real. And I don't want to ever give up on my partner, nor do I want my partner to ever give up on me. And I just take love extremely serious. Like, it's not, a, it's not something to be toy with. I don't look at it like that. I don't, it's not something to say, I love you just to get what I want. It's not something to say, I love you because that's how I feel in this moment. And I don't ever want to give up on my partner, nor do I want them to give up on me. And I felt that in that time, I felt that I gave up. How has it impacted your attitude towards having kids in the future? I'm having kids. <laughs> I want kids. Like my, my whole setup is like the things that I'm doing today, like the 34-year-old the me getting the, I mean, I'm, I'm set up for children. Like I just want to be a stay-at-home dad and have money coming in and have ultimate time to be a dumbass and build a treehouse for my kid and hold my kid's hand and go to Target and make fun of people. I just, I just want to, yeah, I just want to be a dad. Do you have any residual fears from the miscarriage? No, not at all. I've, the reason I don't have any residual fears from the miscarriage is because sadly, I've gone through that. We went through that. And now I know how to communicate even when communication isn't being given. What do you wish for you? I would, if I can go back, I would tell her how it makes me feel. I'll be honest about how it makes me feel and not worry as much as, oh, Mike, you're just adding more stress to her life. I would have given her more space. You know what I mean? Like, I probably would have like set up a trip just for a girls type thing with her and her girls and just to do what the hell y'all do, you know, and gave her that space. I would have tried to lead by action, not by words. It's a big one for me. I would have allowed myself to grieve in that moment and, and to forgive myself. And I think I would have, I probably would have saw a therapist and I said, and I lead by example. I'm sorry, lead by action, not by words. I probably would have saw a therapist for me. And pretty sure I would have came home and told my girl about our sessions. That's what I would have done. Popping in to tell you about our show sponsor, BetterHelp, plus to applaud Mike for his vulnerability and to encourage others to lean into the example that he is setting. Now, I'm not suggesting that everyone go on a public platform if that's not your comfort, but I do think that talking with someone out loud to help you understand your experiences and thus yourself more clearly can make all the difference. So BetterHelp is a service that matches you with a licensed therapist that you communicate with 100% through your phone. 
What I loved about the service when I used it during my second pregnancy, because yes, you can say yes to therapy to help you with just a specific problem, is that it was affordable, convenient, accessible, and flexible. With BetterHelp, you decide if you video chat, call, or text with your therapist, and you can switch counselors or end the service at any time. When I did therapy, I did the phone option so I could still hang out with my kids while I was doing my sessions, and I ended up switching counselors twice before I found the fit for me that really made a difference with getting through that dark and trying time. So if you are thinking of giving therapy a try, I want you to consider BetterHelp as a great and incredibly accessible option. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash lovers today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp.com slash lovers for 10% off your first month. And if there's somebody listening right now who is not the person who had a miscarriage, but who is with somebody who had a miscarriage and they're feeling a lot, they're experiencing a lot, they're feeling overwhelmed. What is a thing that you're like, oh, I wish I could talk to the person right now and say this to them? You know, they say you owe when you go like that. Yeah, <laughs> you go you like this. Yeah, you go, yeah, like this now. <laughs> but uh, I would tell the homie, I would say, ask them how they're feeling. If they don't, if they suck at communication, uh, tell them how you feel without like, trying to like badger them or throw so much up on, on them, right? You just tell them softly how you feel. And then I would give them their space and then do things on your own. Seek counsel on your own if they don't want to do it with you. It's perfectly fine. Like you're still an individual. And I think that that is needed. I feel that so many times, at least for me, when I was at that age, I felt that we were just one. And when we're in the bedroom, I love to feel like we're just one. But at the same time, you are your own brain. You are your own entity. And so... What you do, your partner doesn't have to do. You can seek counsel. You can um, seek therapy and you can grow. This is actually giving me a personal aha because I have a friend of mine who, she's my primary friend, but I'm also friends with her partner, recently went through a miscarriage and I know that I've been sensitive to her and I've asked and I've checked in with her. I've not checked in with the dude at all. So why is it important to check in with men who have a partner who's gone through miscarriage? We don't know what the hell to do. Like, I've never heard nobody talk about this from a male perspective in my entire life, zero. And we don't know how to feel. We don't know if she, if we should, some men don't care, being honest. Some men very much do care. And when we don't have outlets, that is internalized and that can come out in different shades and colors. And so we don't want that. And so that's why it's important for men to be reached out to as well. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Mike Johnson. And you can follow him on Instagram at Mike underscore Johnson. You can also get in touch with him and get in tune with his work on his new website, feelingseen.com. Thank you for your vulnerability and your honesty and your experiences and your stories and for sharing so beautifully and openly with the Lovers and Friends community, both on this episode and the previous one that we did. Which if you didn't listen to the previous one, go take a listen. It's a really great one as well in terms of getting an alternate perspective on a topic that we usually only hear one side from. And on that note, I know that we have yet to do an episode hearing from a woman's perspective, a mother's perspective, on fertility struggles and 
loss of pregnancy. Um, we do have one coming up. So just in case right now, what you really feel is missing is hearing from someone who is going through exactly what you're going through um, and can relate more to what's happening in your body. I do want to include a short preview of the upcoming episode with Deja Riley right now. Jimmy and I had moved to the East Coast during the pandemic and we finally felt like, okay, this is the time in which we feel like we feel really grounded in our space. We feel like we're ready to embark on this journey to parenthood. And so we decided we were going to stop using condoms and we were going to just see what happened. And I didn't really put a lot of pressure on it in the beginning because I thought it would be so easy. I was like, I'm healthy. My husband's healthy. Like our bodies can do this. And I really walked into it. And I spent my whole life trying not to do this. That part. So like now that I'm ready to do it, it will happen. I think also being an extremely goal-oriented and ambitious person, I went into it like I have a goal. I see the goal. I prepare for the goal. And then I achieve the goal. That's just how it's always worked for me. And so I thought this would be no different. And I jumped into it with very optimistic eyes. And my husband and I really just went for it for like six months before we took a pause and said, all right, it's not happening just yet. And we don't know why. So like, should we look into if anything could be happening underneath the surface? So I got some advice from some friends to seek out a fertility clinic And I found this fertility clinic that was local and people had, you know, great reviews about it. And some of my friends were raving about the experiences that they had going to this clinic. And so I decided to go and just have like basic testing done. So they tested like my AMH. They did an HSG testing, which if people don't know what that is, it's where they run fluid through your fallopian tubes to make sure that they're completely open. Um, I also, they had checked like, you know, my ovarian reserve by testing my AMH and done a bunch of blood work to just make sure all of my different hormone levels were where they needed to be. And at the time, the RE, the reproductive endocrinologist gave me a green light and was like, you're healthy. Your husband's healthy. He also did semen analysis. He had one test. I had like, I had like endless number of tests, but he did his he part. He jerked off in a cup. Yep. You had to have blood drawn. Yep. <laughs> Stuff shot up you. <laughs> totally. But that's the way it goes. Um, but yeah, they gave us the green light. And so we were like, okay, well, maybe we just need to keep trying. And then that July of the year that we started trying, we got pregnant. And it was amazing and exciting. And we did all the things of like planning how we're going to share it with friends and family. And then we were crushed about two months later when we lost the pregnancy to miscarriage. And that was one of the most devastating moments of my life. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. Hopefully also one of the hardest things that I ever have to go through in in my life. Um, You know, no one really prepares you for that, but also there weren't a lot of women in my circle that were sharing with me that they ever had the experience until I had the experience. And I started to just share behind closed doors, like with my close circle. And I found out a lot of people that were close to me had had the experience. Women that were like in my family even had had 
that crushing, tragic event happen to them too. And so, you know, it took a while to heal from that. It took a while to get back on our feet and decide that we were going to move forward on this journey and, and move forward with going after something that we wanted so badly. Again, that's Deja Riley. And hopefully this episode will be coming out within the next month. If you are listening to this episode in the future and this is a back catalog listen, hopefully you can just scroll forward and grab the full thing right now. It is definitely worth the listen. Um, just like, I can't even say that enough. Just an amazing conversation to be a part of and something that I am so proud to share with all of you. And speaking of pride, uh, we're gonna end the episode off by talking about the rate and review section, a place that I just love. I would just love for some of you to visit, especially if you're listening and you've been listening to the end and you've resisted all this time. We could use you over there. And when you go, I always read them. And so I'm going to read some right now. Before I actually get to the rate and review section, I want to say we also have full episodes that appear on YouTube. So search up Lovers and Friends podcast on YouTube. Um, Episodes come out three days after we put out the audio. So it's audio on Tuesdays and then video on Fridays. But the video for the last episode we put out, which was with Swaggy C and Bailey on open relationships, um, the YouTube comment section, the top comment there was like, girl, I love this podcast, but please, the editing is crazy. And I listened back and I was like, yeah, I think what happens to me is I get so excited about the conversations we're having. And because I've been doing this work for a long time, I'm like, all the other times I've talked about this or different ideas that I have on this topic. And I want to jam everything into one, one hour and it can get a little hectic. So I am doing my best to calm down and make the episodes a little simpler and more digestible while still adding, you know, various perspectives and nuances. All right, now to celebrate the people who have gone over to Apple or Spotify and took the time to give a review and say something. This one comes from Judy Cowles. I don't know why it starts this way. Go, Jared. I remember when I first came across Shan's Instagram, she popped on my news feed wearing a sexy costume and celebrating Ho Halloween. This is when I knew I had to learn more about her. I've listened every single week faithfully, listening to shows increase my vocabulary. So grateful. As for Jared, here we go. I'm so impressed with how well he expressed himself in the last segment. I remember watching an old YouTube video and he mentioned not being able to express himself and how he would like to get better. He's done so great over the years and you are beautiful together. Yes. Okay, now I get the go, Jared. I felt the same way. Like sometimes... Yeah, it's beautiful to have a space where I get to intentionally have conversations with my partner and to share those. And he blows me away, both in the bedroom and beyond. And that, I agree. If you listen to the last episode, I think just Jared did a really great job of expressing himself concisely and powerfully. And yeah, I agree with you. Oh, Judy also shared her Instagram. Why not, girl? It is Judy's World underscore. I'm gonna check that out. Kate VB says, I saw you on Catfish. I discovered the podcast through another podcast and I was struck by your humor and intelligence. I went back and listened to every episode. Yes, love a back catalog listener and I'm excited for the next one to drop. I appreciate you so much. And um, this is from this, my nickname, 2022. Y'all, we keep talking about these names. Why not just put your real name? I don't get it. But I started listening to the podcast last year and I'm hooked. Love the content and I love the interviews. I want to hear more on navigating thruple ships, please. Actually, a few of you have DM'd me a particular thruple on TikTok. I will reach out to them. Maybe that you're the same person, but message received. And Dre Samu says, my favorite weekly show, 
I know we're a little late this time around, but forgive. I absolutely love the way that you lay out your podcast. I know I'll hear a spicy quote in the beginning. Cue the lovers and friends intro music. And you take us on a ride with your guest. I love the range in topics and even started sharing it with my boyfriend. So we listen to it together from time to time. I love what you're doing and inspired me to take care of my friendships. Okay. Do you guys like a lot of segments or do you not like them? I like them. I like to jam stuff in the episodes, but I get that there's too much in the sandwich sometimes. Maybe if you could help me out by pointing out one that you're like, this is the flow that we like. When there's too much flow, it becomes overwhelming and too little flow, it doesn't feel like lovers and friends. Trying to find that sweet spot. Um, hopefully we hit this episode. And speaking of this episode, let's end this bad boy. It's been beautiful and wonderful. Shout out to everybody who's contributed, of course, especially to Mike and to you for being here. And double shout out to you because you're about to go rate and review the podcast. And I really appreciate it. Passive aggressive much. Yes, but maybe it'll work. See you next week or listen to you next week. Bye. Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Shan Boudram. It is produced by Boudram and Crazy Cruz with production support from 2S Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audioboom and made possible by our incredible sponsors who you can show love to by reading our show notes. 